You are now tuned in to the only podcast show that matters. Gala Recording, starring Craig and Brian. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please enjoy the show. got some shit to discuss tonight fellas and ladies <laughs> and plus I love this like there's a little curve up here where if you go fast enough it kind of it feels really amazing like it just kind of almost lifts you off the ground anyway by the way that's the same area where I got pulled over so I need to chill um, welcome to get the hell out we're recording um, yeah <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna slip it into DSG mode and shift the gears because it's a lot of fun. Here we go. All right. I don't know if you guys heard that. That's shifting through uh, a DSG. It's kind of fun. Um, anyway, again, welcome to the show. Um, got lots to discuss tonight, which is a little different from the huge, uh, where I just hop on and I have zero shit to discuss. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm in a weird place right now, and I just kind of wanted to throw that out there and and wax philosophic about being in a weird fucking place. Um, so uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> I don't even know why I call it housekeeping, since like four people are listening. Um, no, uh, so I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but my partner, my co-host Craig, he's going through some shit right now, so he won't be joining us for a little bit. Um, but when he comes back to the show, we're going to fucking do it proper. I know I've been promising you guys this for a while, and I've been threatening you guys with a good time, but unfortunately you're still stuck with me for the time being until he comes back. Um, but I promise there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that I have planned. Um, I have yet to inform him about all these cool plans that I have, but it's going to be fun. Uh, I promise you that. In the meantime, though, you get to listen to my bullshit. Um, and part of my bullshit is, um, so I had therapy yesterday and, um, I recorded one episode, but I was so fucking emotional and it just came out, I don't know, it came out too real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's too fucking awkward and real. 
Um, so I kind of scrapped that episode and I'm starting over. I'm kind of doing a do-over right now. Um, I kind of wanted to just talk about being in a, in a, in a really tough place, right? Like being sad. Um, we, we discussed a lot of things during uh, my therapy session yesterday. And um, some of those things really kind of dug into the core of what I'm going through. And it just kind of left me feeling really emotional and sad, you know. So I just wanted to kind of talk through that, like what that entails, what that looks like, what that feels like, right. And honestly, like it's one of those things where um, you just like the more you go into it, the more you accept that you need help, the more that you open yourself up. The, the, the more help you're going to get, the more benefits, right? Um, so that's kind of what I did. Um, I've been in a... Oh, I dropped my fucking mic. Sorry, guys. Um, no, I've been in... A, <laughs> I've been in a place where um, I'm just all over the goddamn place. Like, just all over the radar in terms of feels, right? In terms of emotions. Um, so I just wanted to explore that with you guys. I, I wanted to talk through it because I think... It's okay to not be okay, right? I've mentioned that before, that whole I, that whole concept of being okay to not be okay. Um, so I'm better now, but I'm still not okay. Um, I'm going to take a couple days off of work so I can just fucking clear my head and just be in a place of peace and quiet and just shut everything fucking off and just really work on the things that we discussed. Oh, here's the chicane. Here's the fucking... Woo, buddy! Here we go. Here we go. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Sorry, but I just love that little... That little... Uh, it shoots you out. So, like, it's a little kind of weird turn. And, like, it goes underneath, like, an overpass. And I, I mentioned this when I when I got pulled over. <laughs> I should, like, calm down. But um, it, it's just so fucking fun, like... You turn it on, you turn your car, like, like just fucking, you floor it, and you end up on the other side almost like, it almost throws you, you know what I mean? And it just feels so fun. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, lots to discuss, guys. <laughs> um, so as you might, or you may or may not know, um, I'm going through depression. I'm going, I'm in a place where I'm constantly sifting through all my fucking emotions, all my pain, all my grief, all that stuff, right, and, um, it's just, I don't know, man, like, it, it, like, there, there's certain times where I'm pretty, like, level-headed, and I can balance everything out and be okay, and then there's some days where I'm just on the verge of tears, and yesterday was one of those days, like, I, I came out of, I guess, the weekend, just with all kinds of weird shit in my head, right? So I had stuff saved up to talk to my therapist about. And, and then she presented me with some exercises, so it kind of threw me off a little bit, <coughs> which I think is good because anything planned, usually you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment, right? So I had all these plans to discuss with her and whatnot, and she kind of just threw that out the window. And we ended up discussing other stuff, which was much more personal and deep. Um, you know, just things about um, uh, just relationship stuff, right? Like, just um, because, like, like, truthfully, I'm in this, uh, I'm seeing this therapist 
because of my depression and I think my depression stems from my brother dying about almost six years ago right I've just never been over it and I, I know I've mentioned that a multitude of different times uh, but truthfully I've just never I, I've, I've never gotten over it and I don't think I ever will but I think my plan now is to just kind of uh, work through it so that I can work through it so I can maintain like a level of just like balance throughout my life and there's going to be times where I'm just fucking down right and out and and just like really depressed and feeling bad but I need to find a way to deal with that stuff so that's what I'm that's why I'm in therapy um so she kind of almost kind of deconstructed um I guess my mental right like she just kind of took my mental state and picked it apart so we can kind of go through the stuff that's really uh, causing all this pain, the root of it all, right? So that's what we kind of did, and there was a lot of moments where, like, I, I, I just, like, let myself go, and I just started crying, right? And at first I was really apprehensive, but she kind of pulled me into it. Like, she kind of said, you know, she kind of gave me a safe environment to do so and just, like, reassured me that this is... This is good. This is good for me. So that's what I did. I just broke down. Um, I ugly cried. <laughs> and it felt good. Like, it felt really good to just hash out all those feelings and emotions. Um, but, you know, at the end of the session, it left me with all that stuff. And she told me to just find a quiet place and just kind of sit through my emotions and, and you know, reflect a lot and... And do all that stuff, right? So I, I found this beautiful little place. Um, I work in Aurora, um, Aurora, Illinois. Which, if you if you've ever seen uh, um, what call it, uh, Wayne's World, it's supposed to take place in Aurora, even though they shot a lot of it in Berwyn. But um, so that's kind of the uh, I, I guess the uh, the claim to fame that Aurora has. It was featured in in Wayne's World. Um, so that's where I work. I work in Aurora. So I, I, and I just so happen to have my therapist also in Aurora. So as I'm driving away, I found this little area where you can actually park and then walk down this path. And there's like a waterfall, a beautiful little waterfall. There's a, there's a nice stream. There's a, a bridge. And there's a, you know, you, you kind of, you can walk underneath the bridge and just kind of chill over there. So that's kind of what I did. I sat down and I just reflected on all the stuff that we discussed and I, I, it did me a lot of good because I, I've just been in this weird mental space where I just don't know what to do. I feel like I'm stuck and she kind of helped me through that and you know I, I still feel stuck. I don't, I, it's not that like I cried, I sat with my feelings and now I'm fucking unstuck, right? I'm still stuck but it feels much more manageable. Like, she's giving me the tools. She's literally giving me the tools to work through all this stuff, right? Like, if I'm feeling down and out and by myself, I have the elements and the tools to kind of work through it now. Or I'm, I'm actually building that arsenal, like, within me. Um, so I think that's a really good place. And I, and I absolutely 100%, first of all, I absolutely 100% recommend therapy. It, it might not be good for everybody, but... I think to at least try it, to at least try to seek out help, and, you know, there's going to be all these different 
um, you know, you might luck out, you might get a really good therapist right off the bat, but there's going to be a sort of a moment where you're kind of going through all these different personalities of therapists and you just find which one works best for you. That's kind of what I did. Um, I researched a lot of therapists out there and then I ended up with this, um, amazing therapist, uh, and I, I mean, I'll mention her name. Why not? Like you, you guys don't know her, but her name is Sierra, right? So, um, so she's been super beneficial in my road back to rediscovering who I am and what my new, uh, you know, place in this life is or whatever. Cause I've, I've always likened it to, you know, like if, if you're, if you have a kid and they're born, that's when your new life begins, right? Well, equal parts, if you have a death of a loved one that you, like, held near and dear to your heart, well, after that death, that's where your new life begins. And that's where I'm at right now. Like, I have to, I have to find a way to kind of see where I'm at and discover, like, what this new path is for me and whatnot. So that's kind of where I'm at, and my therapist, Sierra, has been really helping me, like, navigate through all that stuff. Um, so I guess what I'm just trying to say is like, try it, you know, there's going to be levels of pain that you're going to experience, but I think it has to get worse before it can get better. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, so there's, there's been, um, different places where, um, uh, I just had to dip on, there was a Mustang that pulled up to my right. So I just kind of had to like. I, I will say, like, bigger engines, okay, they could smoke my ass, like, on the, on the straightaway or whatever, but right off the bat, like, right off the gate, boom, I'm hitting you, bro, <laughs> I'm fucking beating you, um, anyway, that's stupid shit, um, so yeah, like, I think you have to sort of experience all that pain and anguish before you can get better, because otherwise, you just, you know, if you're not, if you don't have any help, if you're doing it on your own, you're going to experience the pain anyway, but it's going to be dispersed in levels of like, uh, you know, it's going to be prolonged because you're not really helping yourself. You're just kind of, uh, dealing with the pain, you know what I mean? So you, you just, you don't know how, you don't understand how, and you know, un, like it's true. Like there's people that can deal with the pain and, you know, be, almost make themselves better or whatever. Some people thrive in it. And that's cool, right? But I'm somebody that does not fucking thrive in pain. I'm somebody that, like, I, I think I might have told you guys, I scared myself throughout this whole ordeal very recently. And that's why I kind of, like, snapped out of it and just, you know, seeked out the help that I really need because I scared myself, like, I was in a place where I thought things were going to end, like, I'll just put it like that, and, um, and now I discovered the help that I need, and things are working out a little bit better, at least they're more manageable, like, I can actually identify when I'm in a, a certain place, and then sort of, like, deal with it on those terms, right, um, so, there's that, um, there's a level of like going through with the the things that ail you and then trying to figure out how to not cure yourself really but how to deal with it how to properly deal with it in a healthy manner 
Um, so there's some kind of growth from it. And anything in this world, fucking anything, can give you some kind of growth, can give you some kind of insight into finding a new path or finding like a new level of your life, right? So, um, so I definitely like recommend sticking it through. Um, it, you know, if you haven't tried therapy yet, try it, see if it works for you. And it, once you're in it, like really open yourself up and really try to like, um, work through it with your therapist. Like, I think it's super beneficial for you. Like you're paying X amount of money for this therapist and for this resource you might as well try it out, like, 100%, be fully into it, like, balls deep into your therapy, right? Um, so there's that, and um, I wanted to, like, just kind of, I don't know, just mention that it gets better. Like, life, even though you're stuck in a certain place of depression and all that stuff, life does get better, I guarantee it. And, um, you know, there's going to be a time where you look back and the steps that you take to make yourself better, they're, they're small steps at first, but when you look back, it's a whole staircase of steps that you actually achieved and um, got to a certain place where you're actually, you know, you're, you're better able to um, manage what you're going through. So I guess that's just what I wanted to discuss. Um, I also wanted to discuss something fun. Um, so there's that there's a whole therapy thing that I just kind of wanted to talk about uh, because I think it's super important um, to not give up to not look at it in a cynical manner I've looked at it in a cynical manner and she's called me out on it so you know like if you have a good therapist I guarantee they're going to be um, super like into you like they're they're just devoted they're trying to make you better they're trying to make you feel better so they're going to be devoted to you so um, you might as well just like lock into the whole system and the whole concept of like getting help, right? So um, I'm going to shift over to something a little bit more fun. I'm going to talk about some sexy experiences, some sexual stuff, um, which I never do. Like I, I never put myself out there. I'm super personal. But I figure like I've been talking about all this depress depression stuff, all this stuff that's afflicting me. Um, this is just another... I guess, um, aspect of me, right? Like another side of myself. So, um, so I wanted to talk about some of my sexual experiences because, you know, like you listen to my, my show, my podcast, and I'm usually talking about, well, lately I've been talking about me, right? But, um, I don't know, like, I, I think there's a certain, um, thing where like you have to be sort of genuine, um, and the more genuine you are, the more, um, like, I, I think people really gravitate towards, like, being genuine and being, like, on point with yourself and honest, right? And being honest with others. So why not talk about that stuff? Like, it's, I, I get it, it's super personal, um, but I think it's also part of the entire process, right? Um, but anyway, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. Oh, damn. That was... Okay, so I was driving real skittish. I don't know if you heard that bump, but I was driving real skittish because I knew there was a huge bump coming up, and then I thought I passed it, but I guess I didn't. So here I am. <laughs> anyway, um, so God, 
the very, 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 I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm, I'm just going to kind of rifle through a few experiences and not really talk about the entire thing because this could pretty much drag on to an hour, right? But my very, very first experience was with a girl named Tiffany. And she was blonde. And she's the reason why I don't trust blondes anymore. <laughs> and this, I'm not trying to, like, single out blondes and say that every blonde is absolute like awful or whatever but in her case in her specific case she really did me wrong um so i remember i'm i'm just like walking through the mall with my friends um after we had like a skate session it was a, a mall called the galleria in taunton massachusetts and um I need to be like real mindful of my speed around here because this is a, this is the area where I got pulled over. Um, but there's a Mustang right here, so I'm just gonna dip on the Mustang. Anyway, sorry, That's probably not a good job. Actually, today is uh, in Illinois. I'm not sure if this is like nationwide or whatever, but I guess they're cracking down on speeding on speeders today. So. That's even more reason for me to fucking calm the gut, the fuck down because <laughs> I don't want to get pulled over. Um, but anyway, Tiffany. There was a girl that was um, like smiling at me and waving at me and doing all that kind of stuff at, in this Galleria mall. And, um, you know, it kind of piqued my interest because girls don't normally do that to me. Like, I don't feel, or at least I feel like they don't do that to me. I feel like... I'm just super awkward and I'm just like moving through this world in an awkward space or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I, I just don't feel like I'm that guy, right? That like girls are like, ooh, he's hot or let me get those digits or whatever, right? So anyway, I, I got the nerve to go up to her and just ask her. This is what I asked her. I asked her if, if I knew her, right? Because she kept like trying to communicate with me like we knew each other so I, I went up to her and I was like do I know you from somewhere because like you just keep saying hi to me and she she like smiles she gives me like a huge smile and she's like I just think you're fucking hot and I was like oh okay <laughs> so she grabbed my hand grabbed a pen from her little purse and wrote her number on my hand so I was like holy shit, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man, right, like, this girl, this hot little blonde girl, like, wrote her fucking phone number on my hand, like, that's some G shit right there, right, so, you know, fast forward, we start dating, we actually watched Schindler's List when it was out, like, not a great movie, not a great date movie to watch, right, um, so that's what we did, and we had a, a lot of great times, she was much more advanced than I was with my sexual repertoire or whatever. I didn't have a lot of uh, tricks in my bag, but she did. And um, she showed me a lot of stuff. One of those things that she showed me, like she actually went down on me. That was the first time any, any female uh, went down on me. <laughs> not that I'm saying males went down on me or whatever, but not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just prefer females. But anyway, uh, so that was the first time anybody's ever gone down on me. And I was just like, like, oh my God, it's fucking happening. Just like I, I used to watch like in the porno movies or whatever. This is actually happening to me. So I was super like nervous, but excited and all this stuff. And right when things were about to come to fruition, no pun intended, 
Um, actually, all the puns intended. <laughs> uh, her parents came home. Her parents came home, and we frantically put our clothes back on. Um, my shirt was on, like, I think Inside Out or some shit. And, um, and we were just, like, super, like, crazy just trying to make it look like we were just studying or whatever. And she pulls out a book. I kneel down, like, beside the bed. She's on her bed. Her dad walks in. Hey, guys, you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're just, uh, stu- you know, studying, Oh, you know. <laughs> She's, like, trying to, like, keep from cracking up, whatever. Um, in hindsight, it was a fucking ridiculous uh, situation. But, oh, man, like, I-, I just remember specifically that that became my new favorite thing of, like, in any sexual act or whatever. Um, so that was the first time with that, uh, which was amazing, but unfortunately I didn't, you know, it it didn't end in a satisfying place or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, things happened with Tiffany and then she ended up cheating on me with like two other dudes or whatever. There's one guy named Long Dong, like his, his name was, uh, some, something Patanod, Patanod or whatever. I think it's like a French name or something. And they used to call him Long Dong, pa- Long Dong Patanon, which, you know, apparently Tiffany knew about the Long Dong <laughs> or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that crushed me because I'm the kind of person that I have to get attached to somebody emotionally before I become physical with that individual. So that's kind of what I did. And, you know, she, she kind of messed with my heart or whatever. So that's when I, in my head, I was like, I'm done with blondes. (laughs) I I put my foot down and I was like, I'm done with all the blondes. Um, But anyway, um, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to rewind a little bit to my first kiss. My first kiss was actually pretty fucking amazing. It was with an older girl. I think I might have been, I think I might have been like 12. And she was like 14, I want to say. And she was the, the sister of one of my best friends at the time, a uh, best friend named Joseph. And that particular friend named Joseph, um, you know, he was Portuguese, and I would go over his house all the time. And I remember going over his house, and um, she was there with Joseph and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I had a, a bunch of other friends or whatever, and she was just kind of giggly and kind of looking at me and stuff and I remember thinking like nothing about that I just I, I so she she was uh, she had almost jet black hair with blue blue eyes um, and I believe um, if memory serves me correctly I believe her name was Helena uh, so I you know like we're kind of like uh, taking bets to see, like, who could, like, go over and talk to her or whatever. And meanwhile, Joseph's, like, in that, like, I don't know, that mood of, like, fuck you guys, like, let's just continue playing or whatever. Uh, And, you know, not, don't worry about my sister. So, which I get, like, you know, I have siblings of my own, and if one of my friends was, like, trying to, like, get with my sister, I think I'd be a little bit defensive, right? So... By the way, I love this song so much. This song is called Death Blow by Deftones. 
Such a good, good song. It's it's from their self-titled album that came out in the early 2000s, and it's such an underrated song. I think it's one of their best that they ever recorded. Uh, Deftones, Deathblow. But anyway, I ended up having um, a little bit of courage because she kind of called me over. She was like, "Hey, Brian, come over." Come over here. And she was with, like, a bunch of other, like, older girls, like, her friends and whatnot. So I walk over, and meanwhile, Joseph is like, this fucking guy, what the hell is he doing, right? So I walk over, and she tells me to close my eyes, and I look back at the guys, and they're just kind of, like, giggling and, like, wondering what we're doing or whatever. And so I close my I, I look back. And then I, I turn back around to her, and then I close my eyes, and she plants one on me, right on my lips. And it was so... I remember that kiss to this day, because it was so innocent and beautiful, and everything about it just made me feel safe. Like, it, I think that's probably the reason why, out of everything, in terms of, like, sexuality or, like, being physical with somebody, I've always just adored making out like I love just making out with a girl that's probably my favorite thing of all time um and and so like we didn't really make out but she did kiss me and it just felt amazing and like I said to this day I remember that first kiss and I open my eyes again and she's laughing with her friends and you know she kind of just pats me on the head and tell you know says uh there you go there's your first kiss and, uh, man, like, it was just such magic. Um, like, just thinking about it right now, driving home in my car, just makes me feel like, like, it, it's just another place, you know, it's just another place, another time, and it's like a, it's almost like a, like a capsule, like a time capsule just stamped forever, like, in my heart, you know? So... There was that time, and I think that kind of propelled me to be a little bit more girl crazy um, because I started developing crushes and whatnot. I developed this amazing crush on this beautiful girl named Crystal. Uh, not, I'm sorry. Why the hell do I have Crystal in my head? That's actually another experience <laughs> that I'll delve into in a, in a few minutes. But um, uh, So I had this crush on this girl named Tina. And Tina was the sister of another one of my friends. Fast forward back to where now, like, I'm living in the projects in uh, Fall River, Massachusetts, to be uh, precise. And there's this girl, and she was a sister of uh, a friend of mine back then. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just kind of tired because I just came off of a long fucking shift. So, um, a friend of mine named Bobby at the time, uh, his sister was named uh, Tina. And I remember one time we're playing this uh, fucking 
game called Marco Polo. I don't know if you know, like you should know what Marco Polo is. It's probably one of the oldest games in the world where you're blindfolded and the person keeps like calling out, you call out Marco and then they call out Polo and you have to sort of determine where they are based on their uh, voice and whatnot, right? So that's what I'm doing. I'm playing Marco Polo with Tina and uh, Bobby and then a couple other kids or whatever from the neighborhood, from the project. And um, I remember like being blindfolded and walking up to Tina and I accidentally grabbed her breast. And I was like, oh my God, like, is this what, like, I, I was so embarrassed because I, I felt like I knew what it was. And I removed my blindfold and she's just smiling like with my hand on her breast. And I pulled away like super fast. And uh, I was just so embarrassed, but she was so delightful. Like she, she was like, it's okay, it's fine. And then, uh, and then like later on in the day, we ended up in the closet. Like we were playing hide and go seek. So it, it turned from uh, uh, Marco Polo to a, a pickup game of hide and go seek. And, and trust me, like we live in the projects with all these drug dealers and gangbangers and all that shit. But we were so fucking innocent at the time. So we were doing stuff like playing Parcheesi or playing Hide and Go Seek or Marco fucking Polo or whatever. And so that's what we were doing. We were playing Hide and Go Seek. And we both sort of teamed up to hide together. And we both ended up in the closet. And then she like, she just grabbed my hand and put it on her body. And so I just started like kind of feeling her up as she's feeling me up and stuff. And... It was just such a special moment for me in my, like, growing up or, or whatever you want to call it, my development, right? Because right around then, that's when I started, like, hitting puberty. And to have that experience with a beautiful girl in a closet was just, like, it was like no other thing that I've, you know, up to that point, like, I've only kissed one girl. Um, so, man, like, it was such an awesome time just groping each other right in the closet until we got found out you know um, and that it was not not a huge deal like um, the individual that found us at that point we were kind of done and we were just kind of like in the dark almost looking at each other in the dark um, so it was kind of cool in that regard and then um, the individual who was trying to seek us out found us and then uh, it just kind of broke things up or whatever. So later on, I kind of worked up the nerve to ask her to be my girlfriend. Um, because that's that's what was in my head. It was almost like, man, like we, we shared this moment together. And now we have to be like boyfriend and girlfriend, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I didn't know. to that at, at that point, I didn't know how things worked in terms of relationship-wise and all that stuff. Um, but I felt like, like again... I have to be like emotionally devoted to you in order to like be able to do that stuff all that like physical stuff right so that's what kind of happened and um i found out that this guy named matt who was i, I was actually really good friends with him but he was like the the uh the drug dealer in the project right like the big time like the guy that sold all the kind of, kinds of drugs and he kind of had his little crew or whatever but he was always super cool with me because there was one time where, uh, like, he came over to, like, like so this dude named Russell. I, I don't know if I mentioned this in a pre... I feel like I've mentioned the story before. I just don't know if I did it in a previous episode. But 
make a long story short, I was outside playing with my Chinese stars because that's what I was into at that time. And um, man, like, oh, this is this is a killer. Fuck, this is a staple of Deftones. If you know Deftones, you know that this song. It's just like one of their fucking best. Um, but anyway, oh man, like so. Th- this dude named Matt, who like was cool with me because like he actually walked by my my uh, my home, right? Like, oh sorry, I'm yawning again. I'm just super fucking exhausted. Um, and he he, he saw me playing with my Chinese stars. And I had one that, like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Ninja 3 The Domination, but there's a scene in there where Sho Kasugi has a ninja star on his belt buckle. And I had one of those. And I showed it to him, and he, he was fucking floored. He was like, oh, my God, it's the coolest thing I ever saw. And um, that particular day, I just offered up one of my Chinese stars to him. Like, I gave him, um, like, a, a real gaudy one that I wasn't really attached to. It had, like, a bunch of Chinese writing on it or whatever. So I gave him that one, and he was super fucking stoked. Stoked enough that whenever somebody tried to pick on me or whatever, he would, like, take care of me. You know, he would almost be protective of me. So he ended up going out with Tina, got her pregnant, and I was sort of, like, crushed because I was, like, I had mixed emotions because I was cool with Matt, but I also wanted her. So, I don't know, it was just kind of a weird time in my young uh, development or whatever so anyway fast forward I'm gonna go to back to Crystal who um, she was super sexual she was like she wanted to like just have sex with me all the time and like I said I keep repeating this but it's, it's so fucking true like I have to be in love in order to like have sex right so um, I really wasn't in love with Crystal she was just really loud and she was really just I don't know, uh, obnoxious, I would say. We had a lot of good times together, but I, I never really did anything physical with her. She was dying, though. She just wanted to, like, just have sex with me or whatever. Um, so we just never did. One time, I came, like, she asked me to come over. So I went over, and, like, her, her mom, I guess, was out, like, grocery shopping or something. So I come over, and she's like... Uh, Crystal is in the shower. She comes out of the shower, you know, all wet, <laughs> no pun intended, um, wearing a towel. So she she tells me to come into her bedroom, and so I do, and I sit down beside her on her bed, and we start making out, and then I start like groping her, and uh, the towel kind of drops off, and I start like just feeling her naked body. It's still, like, you know, wet with, uh, you know, after her shower water or whatever. And I was just getting turned on. And we were about to actually do it right then and there. And then her mom comes home from grocery shopping. So she she calls out from the door, Hey, anybody home? Can somebody help me with these groceries? And, like, Crystal and I just both stare at each other. We're like, God damn it. (laughs) So, um... So I go off and I help her and like, you know, she cooks dinner for us and Crystal gets dressed at that point and she comes out and that's the furthest I ever went with Crystal. And then I just so happened to, we, we break up because I guess she wanted more 
and I just didn't want to provide more or whatever. So, um, because again, I just really wasn't in love with her. I just like, I was down to hang out with her and stuff, but we just never really like clicked in that regard. Right. So, um, I found out like a year afterwards, the new person that she went out with after me got her pregnant and she had a kid with that dude or whatever. So I feel like maybe that's kind of, that was her end game. She just wanted a kid or whatever. Um, which truthfully, I think I dodged that bullet because, you know, we, we, we never like experienced that or whatever. Um, so from there, like there's been a bunch of other experiences. I do want to talk about my ex-wife. Um, who was an exotic dancer, and she was the very first person that I ever had a threesome with, which I thought was like, oh my god, like, talk about, like, just having a bundle of nerves. Um, I I was just a shell of nerves at that point. But it excited me because I'd never experienced anything like that before. So, uh, you know, I, I remember I came home one night and I was super exhausted from working, like, uh, a long day or whatever and I just wanted a cold beer so I walked into the bedroom and her name was Vanessa my ex-wife's name is Vanessa so um, I walk in and Vanessa is like naked laying on our bed and next to her is um, a girl whom I uh, damn like her name is right at the tip of my fucking tongue but I just don't remember what her name was. Damn. Um, I do remember her stage name. Her stage name was Passion. <laughs> I just remember it because I thought it was so, like, crazy to name yourself Passion. But that's what she did. So I remember walking in and seeing Passion there. Stephanie. Stephanie is her name. Okay, so her name was Stephanie. Um, I, I remember because now I remember her name was, like, tattooed on the small of her back (laughs) so it just like flashed in my in my head I'm like oh yeah Stephanie so um Stephanie's sitting there right next to the bed and they're just having this discussion like a conversation like people do like friends do so um so I'm, I'm just like man like my wife is there and she's like playing with herself while she's talking to Stephanie okay like I guess that's a new normal, <laughs> whatever, you know, I just, I looked at that and I was like, okay, whatever. And then they started talking about just how guys are like idiots or whatever and how they, they just like have sex and the moves that they do and the things that they say in order to try to have sex with all these females. So they start talking about all this stuff and then they start talking about like, you know, the, the positions that they've been in and they're sort of demonstrating it. Meanwhile, my wife, Vanessa, my ex-wife, Vanessa is like naked so she's demonstrating these moves which is like low-key turning me on and so um so and then they start getting turned on and then Vanessa walks over to me and she's like you want to you want to do this tonight and I, I just kind of looked at her I drank the rest of my beer and I was like fuck yeah I want to do this right so that's what we did and I, I liken it to if you've ever seen those people that spin plates around and make sure that the plates are constantly spinning so they don't like fall or whatever that's kind of what it feels like because you're kind of trying to satisfy two people at the same time while they're satisfying you and oh my god it was it was a great and beautiful experience but it was also a lot of fucking work and a a lot of awkwardness too because there were moments where like I just took a break to have like some water or whatever 
and then jump back into it, you know. So, throughout my life I've had so many different experiences, but again, like, the only way that I can ever experience that stuff is if I'm actually into a person. Um, so I think that elevates the experience for me. I can't just have, like, a one-night stand or, you know, just, like, be with somebody just to, like, have sex or whatever. I actually have to be, like, into them. So, um... So yeah, those are sort of a few of the experiences that I just kind of wanted to discuss because I, I feel like when you put yourself out there and somebody listens to one of these things and they can relate to their own life, like I think that's such a magical thing. Like I think it's such an awesome thing and that's kind of why I do this stuff. So anyway, um, I'm sure I'll have more stuff to talk about in a future uh, episode or whatever. Um, I will say if you ever want to like just try your own podcast show, it's so it's much easier than you would than you would think like all you got to do is find a host like i'm on soundcloud i host it through there and then i funnel it through all these different other channels like uh like apple uh you know podcasts and whatnot Um, but you have to have a host in order to like have a feed and then just kind of plug it into all these other things or whatever so part part of that is making sure that you have a host that you can upload to and then uh come out with like a theme there's like a multitude of different podcast topics out there to tackle you could do sports you could do movies you could do music um i listened to this one um i think it's called one last chance or something and the the dude is just like he interviews all these punk rock and hardcore uh artists and it's so fun to listen to because you can correlate a lot of their own personal life into your own um through their different experiences and whatnot so um it's kind of in that regard it's easy to just start up but it's kind of hard to maintain. Like me myself, I've always been trying to like pull in different guests and you know different hosts and whatnot. And it's such a hard thing to do because everybody has their own lives or whatever. So you're kind of just stuck there doing your own thing. That's why I'm hopping on and like talking about all these random topics or whatever. Um, but it, it, if you if you're interested in trying it, I would say at least seek it out, find a host find uh, a topic that you like you want to concentrate on um you know record like a quick little intro and then you're off and running you know and and it's it's fun like it's fun to just kind of do the thing where you're like i'm doing this as sort of like a, a digital diary of like what i'm experiencing or whatever um but uh, like if you ever interested in it or whatever just try it out you know just like anything in life like you think it's hard at first but once you start doing it it's super easy and it's actually really accessible so you know if you're interested try it out (laughs) that's my that's my one recommendation or whatever um but anyway if you like this show if you like me if you like listening to me like please share my show uh put it out there like subscribe do all those cool things to make me know that you're interested in, in hearing more stuff Um, But I'm just about home now, so I'm going to bid you a fond farewell. Um, Take care of yourselves and each other. All right. uh, I guess I'll talk to you next time. Bye.